Kept you waiting, huh? Episode 112 of the UK's number one gaming podcast, Crosscast. We are the Cross Players, a team of podcasters dedicated to bringing you all of our gutter opinions on the incredible games we play, the consoles we love, and the universe of news surrounding them all. And to get things started on today's Crosscast, I want you to... Oh, I want you to. I want to introduce you to the three fools I'm going to be chatting with. It is Ben. Hi, Ben. Oh, look at that. It was Lewis. <laughs> Hi, Lewis. Nothing? Hello. What the heck? Yeah. What is that? I don't even know what that is. That's incredible. And it is Simran Witten, uh, the CEO of Format, which is the UK's biggest games industry community nightlife event, uniting gamers, game makers, and creators. Hi, Simran. Hello, everyone. What, or you... quackers, I should say. Wow. What the fuck is that? I'm so I'm... sorry. I've just found the soundboard on Discord. No, there is no soundboard on Discord. Where is it? Where, where, where is the soundboard? <gasps> there is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can do it like that. I'm, That's amazing. I'm sorry to everybody that I've unleashed this on us all. I don't even know. Uh, I'm not even sure it's going to come across in the audio version either. If it does, then but I'm so sorry are. for anyone listening to this. That has got to come through. That was a waste of like this gangster's life, porn of wise. It's definitely coming through on the audio on the video, so at least that way we know the nine people at the moment watching are listening to that. So uh, anybody else want to get out of the system before we carry on? Or Can I just do one more Chewbacca for yes. May the 4th? Here we go. There we go. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Simran, how the devil are you, mate? You okay? I'm very well, thank you all. I, I'm tired, I'm jet-lagged, but I'm here with you three beautiful people, so I'm here to get down with it. Down with it. The podcast is welcome with you. You've got your glass full of gin there. What type of gin was that, by the way? What What is it? Uh, so this one is Tropical Passion Fruit, and it's not my favourite, but you know what? I like it. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a different one, this. A bit of a different one. Cool. If, if anyone follows my Twitter, they'll see that I'm very into releasing tropical dr- or consuming tropical drinks at the moment. So, yeah, mm. got to stay on theme at the moment. That's it. That's it. Get the umbongo on. That's fine. Get loose. Uh, Lewis, what are you drinking? <laughs> hey, I have uh, Joker IPA to hand. That's, uh, that's a nice that's bottle. It. Yeah, it's very cool. That's nice. Is it? What's it? Thanks. Talk me through the flavour. What are you getting? Moccasins? What's the... Moccasins, yeah, I've got some uh, mm. loafers, uh, so I have a couple of crocs in there, um, gym rubbers, <laughs> all, the, all that kind of good stuff. Nice, okay, decent. Ben, what are you having? Uh, just just plain old tap water, I'm afraid. Nothing, really? nothing exciting. Uh, out Rough of month? a Peloton bottle. 
Oh, so my go full oh. melon. You just steal that off. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife. Um, wow. Dan, question from the audience. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of talk of why your bike doesn't appear to move from week to week. It always seems to be in exactly the same position. Can you sort of put people's fears aside? Uh, maybe. Anyway, we've got a marmalade pack show for you all today. But before we begin, if you would like to support us, please give this podcast a review on the service you're using. Follow us on Twitter at the Crossplays or check out thecrossplays.com for links to all of our content and Discord. Or if you're stark raving mad, hit patreon.com slash the Crossplays and contribute as little as £2 to help us produce the show and you get entry into our WhatsApp group uh, where nobody really speaks anymore. We just send pictures of things that we bought just to make other people feel shit and give them terrible feelings uh let's That's, get that is not true by the way just in case anyone's listening oh no it's very active <laughs> like i'm just like saying it's, it's, now and again yeah and it's really nice you know we talk about stabbings <laughs> <laughs> local stabbings things like that it's really yeah. nice topical yeah. stuff so yeah, yeah. <laughs> topical stuff like oh share selfies to know where the, the, the latest stabbing has happened there is well, I'm happy you said that, Lewis. Let's go into the news. Here is the news. The soundboard is in full. Come on, get out your system again. We need the wah wah wah. Come on, someone's okay, got to do okay, it for me. We need that for when you do the headlines, I think. We might do. See, uh, Alex in the chat has just asked Simran, what flavour of Ben and Jerry's are you eating there? You know what? It is the classic. Does anyone want to take a guess before I put it on camera and reveal? What, what, what kind of Ben and Jerry's man do you think I am? I'm curious. To, what kind of, do, you think, do you think I'm a sick bastard or do you think that I'm well, quite an NPC? I, I don't think, think you're a traditionalist. Tradition, okay, I don't think you're a basic bitch. I don't think you've gone down the route of having one of those, um, what they like, the frogut ones, you know, where it's like low fat. I don't think that's you. I think you're going all in. Balls to yeah, the wall. Just... Cookie dough. I'm going to say cookie dough. Cookie dough. Lewis? I think it's chunky monkey. Fish food. It is. Hang on. I've got to get the soundboard ready for this. Hang on. <laughs> it is. Nice. Cookie dough. Oh. 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 See? I feel like I've known you all my life. Your ice cream. Alex guessed it. Jumanji time. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the chat. So we've got three news stories for you this week. Uh, one, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you, Ben. You could have done the song. That's absolutely fine. Uh, it I, is... I was I was typing. Sorry, it's fine. We are recording on May the fourth. It's Star Wars Day. Uh, Star Wars Visions is out. I'm gonna quickly say you should probably go and watch that. Uh, the first season was phenomenal, and the second season seems to be already popularly received. Um, there seems to be Armin references in one of the episodes, and that was popping off in the chat with Ethan. He's very happy. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go through some of the Star Wars Day deals that was featured on IGN UK deals on Twitter, which is one of the best places to go if you want to find any deals in the UK. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor on PS5 and Xbox, $59.95 at the moment. Uh, the link is on there. Star Wars The Black Series, Obi-Wan, Kenobi Force, FX Elite Lightsaber, Lewis. Down from £299 to £181.99 on Amazon. Not tempted? Nah. I've sure. got my I've got my OG Darth Vader one that's sl- slowly accumulating uh, the same amount of dust as can be found in Max's bedroom. Um, I'd be I'd wow. be curious, keen to get one that was just like a hilt, opposed oh. to having the additional ones. But in fact, I think these new ones you can detach the 
the blade. Sorry, they have stabbings. You can detach the blade. <laughs> they so like, hang on, come on, babe. You're you you've got a lightsaber that that includes the blade. Like a functioning lightsaber. No, it's not a functioning lightsaber, is it? I mean, you could pet somebody with it, yeah. And um, and what uh, what does George Lucas insist on uh, calling lightsabers? Uh, what? Um, I don't know. Anyone? Maybe Come on, Star Wars trivia, guys. Come on, Jesus Christ. Come on. Magic sword. Laser sword. Laser sword. Laser sword. Okay. Laser yeah. sword. Okay. They're not lightsabers to Lucas. So. Okay. Laser swords. There'll be more trivia like that. Later on, that's Stay why. Tuned. Star Wars X-wing 1977 vintage retro t-shirt, sixteen pounds. That's pretty much it. There's not really anything else on there. Other than that, watch Visions. Anyone else into Star Wars or have any idea of anything that is worth Star Wars referencing today at all? Lewis, come on, help me out. Hi, um, I would like a Star Wars Enso ring. What is that? That sounds um, rude. Uh, 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 yeah, it does sound good. Um, it looks like it's just a ring. Uh, you can get one that looks like uh, Ewok. Hey, sorry, Wicket the Ewok. It's there. I've just on that CMET page uh, to really cement your virginity in place. I believe these are the premium rings to buy. Oh, oh. Hmm. I, I think Max has got all three actually. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Star Wars Simran, your thing. You said you're. Uh, it's not your favorite trilogy. It's not my favourite trilogy, but I have an appreciation for it. It's a controversial opinion that's going to get me absolutely shat on in the next few minutes. I'm not a fan of the new films. Don't like the prequels. I do like the original trilogy, but okay. and this is yep. the thing that you might get hear me anything. hate. I get me hate, or this might give me love. I think Boba Fett is the not sorry, not Boba Fett. The Mandalorian is the greatest bit of Star Wars, like cinematography, TV made. And I'll tell you why I like it, because being the story nerd that I am, as you'll all later find on the podcast, I don't like that Star Wars doesn't do a good job of explaining its universe. The books do a great job of that, but and the extended lore, but the Mandalorian actually explains how the universe works, which is why I like it. I don't feel like the films do a good enough job of actually conveying how this universe actually functions and why basically these characters have got the thickest plot armor in existence. I think you're right, to be fair, because I've got a shitload of Mandalorian stuff as well. So I'm, I'm backing you on that as well. It's, uh, it's decent TV. The last season was shit, though. Apart from that, it's all right. I haven't seen season three yet. So I'm basing my my very limited, oh, very, very limited Star Wars opinion on season one and two of The Mandalorian. Hmm. Ben, big Star Wars mm. fan. Um, Probably the biggest out of everyone. Mm. Yeah, you've seen yeah, multiple uh, times. You've got the tattoo of everyone. Um, tattoo. Um, obviously, I went to see the uh, Return of the Jedi that was out for the 40th anniversary. So, took my son to the cinema. I, I thought you mean original. Watch that for a second. Well, that too. When I was one, um, and picked up this amazing uh, poster that was released. Oh my uh, god! Is especially for that 40th anniversary. I'm so jealous. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice little uh, keepsake for the boy. You just did that just to for me. wind me up, didn't you? That's fine. It's okay. It's really nice. The boy going for crazy money. You don't have any kids. What boy? The boy. I'm the boy. I refer to myself as the boy. Oh, dear. Aside from that, uh, Redfall, guys. Anyone played it yet? Mm. Um, 
people are not having a great time with Redfall. Kutaku.com. <laughs> Redfall, a vampire shooter out this week on Xbox and PC, was developed by Arcane Studios, the same team behind classics like Dishonored and Prey. It's one of Microsoft's first-party exclusives for 2023, a big release for the company's Game Pass subscription service, and by most accounts, it sucks. <laughs> Um, have you guys read the reviews about this? But it's kind of like averaged what around about six out of ten. It's not been uh, yeah low sixties, I think. Oh, it's embarrassing. Gamespot have given it a four out of ten. Games Radar two point five stars out of five. IGN's reviews in progress is not a positive one either. Simran, are you a fan of Arcane? Are you tempted to jump into this at all? Or I'm a huge fan of the work that Arcane Studios do. I've not actually followed Redfall that much to be honest with you because it's just not really the type of game that I would. So I've not really like kept up much to date on it, and sadly I was sat in the sun when it was released, so I didn't even keep up with the views. So my fresh take has literally just been what I've seen from the comments on Twitter. So, and I can't take Twitter comments at uh, uh, face value. <laughs> As I'm sure we all know, Twitter is not the place for reviews. So uh, I'm, okay. I'm going into it with a very open mind at the moment. I'll need, I need to actually sit and digest it. But go on, hit me, lads. Like, what, what are people saying about it at the moment? Giant Bombs Quick Look says, Redfall fails to compel on nearly every level, not just in its uninteresting story, but also its all-too-familiar gameplay. Not only does Redfall feel like a game stuck in yesteryear, even its performance finds a way to disappoint. Ooh... They are two vicious sentences. I mean, Ben, Lewis, you guys got any appetite at all to see how this performs? This was like one of the main showings, wasn't it? Of like the Xbox showcase a couple of months it ago was, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is it's a real shame. And I'm sort of conscious that like we, if we haven't played it, I don't want to shit on it too much. But yeah, I mean, there's no smoke without fire. And the consensus does seem to be overwhelmingly negative and just one of disappointment um i think we'll, we'll probably get around to this anyway but phil spencer was on kind of funny x casts earlier on today which you know fair play to him for holding his hands up and saying yeah this is dog shit effectively <laughs> so um and not good enough but then gary witter made a really good point on there and it was like you know there's a lot of sort of console warriors and fanboys reveling in mm. the fact that oh xbox have got another l and yeah that's all fun and games but it's not good for the industry as a whole because it's like for in terms of like giving a studio like arcane license to do something a bit different a bit out of their comfort zone if they drop the ball on it which it appears that they very much have for that for everyone you know for that to be a failure they're going to be even more risk averse from now on. That's so the, the chances of going, go out and do something creative are going to be reduced because, you know, people, people play it safe as it is. So it's not good for the whole industry to have these massive expectations and then it just be a bit, I mean, it's not even middling. It's, it's mm. worse than that by the sound of it. So, so yeah, shame. Big Phil did say, uh, this is on, xcast today so i'll just say all up there's nothing that's more difficult for me than disappointing the xbox community uh, i've been a part of it for a long time i obviously work on xbox head of the business have a lot of friends get a lot of feedback and just to watch the community lose confidence to be disappointed i'm disappointed i'm upset with myself i revisit our process i think back to the announcement of 60 fps and then we weren't shipping 60 fps that was our punch in the chin rightfully a couple of weeks ago 
and then seeing the game come out and the critical response was not what we wanted and it's disappointing. What can we learn? What can we get better? One thing I'll fight is what went wrong. There's clearly quality and execution things we can do, but one thing I won't do is push against creative aspirations of our teams. So that kind of backs what you were saying there. And I think that's from the head of the studio to say that, or not just the studio, sorry, but the entire uh, Microsoft division, um, mm. Xbox division even. That's that's pretty poignant and pretty good, I think, to hear from most of the studios that sit on their, on their campus. Lou, you're yeah. very, very you quiet. Have you got a more more uh, taken opinion on this? Are you more civil like Ben? What's no. the, you don't really care? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't care. Um, I remember when when Redfall we got the first kind of trailer for it or like the teaser. I could tell it's not a game for me, and fair enough. It's it, it's it's come out and it's been panned. Things aren't really going Xbox way at the moment. Um, if had billions of dollars to dry their tears with. Um, yeah, it's not anything that. It's, uh... Fair. Oh, I think you're cutting out a little bit there. I'm not too sure why, but uh, I think yeah, I get yeah. I, I, I get the sentiment. I think it's just it is a bit disappointing. I was going to be a little bit harsher than Ben, but I think I'll probably err on the side of that. I think when you were saying about fanboys, I just think back to our WhatsApp group and just Laurie immediately the day after it came out, just sending two vicious text messages going, well, I got him. <laughs> he literally sent and then he didn't reply to anything else for the rest of the day. Uh, and Laurie is staunchly Sony uh, for, for Simran's reference. So. I, I think he was a bit disappointed though, because I, I know... I think like, he wanted it to be he, good, yeah. He bought his Series S and was expecting... You know, Redfall and uh, Starfield to to be out <laughs> within a year of him getting it. Um, but no, I know he likes Arcane in particular. I haven't played anything of theirs that I've enjoyed yet. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I always wondered like if it was if it was like the big boy studio, or if it was just like a little a few people working on it because it almost seems like how have they gone from Deathloop to this? Is it just doesn't kind of make sense? I know it's a different genre, and they're probably under more time constraints and stuff. But it it, it almost makes you feel like is that if you're just giving it to your your B team to do this as a little side project, and you're actually working on a a full game, kind of like Tango with um, mm-hmm. Hi-Fi Rush. Maybe this is supposed to be their equivalent to that, a little thing. But with all the hype they put behind it, you have to assume not. You know. Yeah, segues us quite nicely into the the article I found. So um, today, Stephen T. Wright over at GameSpot released an article saying Xbox Game Pass, the Netflix of gaming, is struggling to find its big hits. Uh, continues, Xbox Game Pass might be a good deal for the majority of gamers, but Microsoft's big exclusives often leave a lot to be desired, like the recent Redfall. Um, Xbox grand gaming strategy is bigger than just one underwhelming exclusive, he says, of course. And the console manufacturer's biggest game of the year is still to come in the form of Starfield. However, Xbox's shaky track record when it comes to big exclusives in recent years has spurred most discuss- uh, much discussion within the gaming community with some Game Pass subscribers wondering what the future of the service might look like. Xbox Game Pass is indeed the current Netflix of gaming, but the service has struggled to find its bona fide hits. It's Stranger Things as an example. It's Wednesdays, it's Dharmas. And when we look in the direction that the major streaming services are currently headed, that spells some interesting decisions for Xbox in the next two to three years. 
So I kind of know where Ben's headspace is with Game Pass. I think I'm similar. I think I'm positive over it. Lewis similar as well. Simran, like, do you use Game Pass? Do you do you get much value out of it? Yeah. So coming from an industry background, having worked in games, Game Pass offers a massive opportunity for game developers. Back when it first launched, I actually was part of a team who potentially nearly launched one of our games on Game Pass. Oh, okay. It was an abs- It was an absolute just need must. Like Game Pass has completely made it even harder for especially indie developers and even AAA developers to sell more units on just original original Xbox launches mm. because Game Pass just manages to distribute your game to such a wide audience on a scale that I've seen. So Game Pass as a whole, I think it is definitely going to come up, be around for a long time. But like many things, it's going to change as a service as it adapts. Similar to how Netflix has tried to change, sadly Netflix is changing for the worse, which probably isn't helping the case there. I think we can all agree that Netflix are just not going down the good road they're trying to to make innovative change for the need of change but with game pass let's say it's a service like anything else and it has a it does a lot of good for a lot of the developers who get their games onto it speaking from personal experience with the platform so it is a really good force for the game development standpoint but it will need to go through changes it goes just to improve the service and like other things it's going to have its ups and downs because they'll need to try and try and do things similar to the guys at redfall they've tried to do something creative with it and has it worked out entirely no but they'll have taken that on board and then tried to implement that into the game moving forward or their roadmap and game pass is the same it's going to have its ups and downs but i can see it improving as a service it will be around especially because the netflix of video games i netflix games hasn't exactly been what we thought it would be to begin with as well that's like Stardew. It never really hit the heights of what Netflix did for television. And I think it it's obviously got to hit a run of good form, haven't you, in terms of the content that you bring out really early on, or at least it feels like it. You had things like Breaking Bad on Netflix, whereas I get it, Game Pass has had some wins. Like As much as people didn't like Infinite, I still think the fact that game released on a service that you can pay maybe a couple of quid a month for is insane. Mm. And the value that that brings is just, yeah, phenomenal. But Ben? But they do, and I think the service itself is great, but they do need a win as soon yeah. as possible. I think that's that's the issue. It's like we're all going, eh, it's been a while since like Hi-Fi Rush was a kind of yeah. flash in the pan. Everyone liked it. But at, at the same time, people want, a, they're expecting these AAA. You've gobbled up half the studios in the world. We're expecting a AAA banger, you know, once a quarter at least. And I know that's what they're trying to do, but you know all the pressure is now on forza motorsport and um to a larger extent uh starfield to kind of deliver the goods alex uh, said in the chat there's never been a more important game than starfield lewis do you reckon yeah. it's kind of riding on that now for the success of xbox for the next couple of years i would yeah i would i would assume so i'm struggling to think of what else is still due to come out obviously there's a a lot there that we don't know about but like i was thinking back to quite surprised by the negative um reaction to halo infinite and halo infinite i thought it was quite mm. good it was a good fun game yeah, it was all right it's fine um but my, my thing with, with with game pass is that i think you're right yeah, there aren't really like that the kind of the, the, the reason you would buy nintendo or sony were for be for the exclusives so I think back to games that I've completed over the last couple of years. I think only one I've done on an Xbox, whereas predominantly that the rest would be Nintendo and then maybe a couple of ones. And again, that's again maybe preference and the kind of game that I want to play. But yeah, they need something big. Starfield is 
as a concept very appealing. I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes. Um, and uh, fingers crossed, fingers and toast, and arms and legs, and all things crossed for them um, that, it, that it does the business. Because yeah. they, they, they do need it. But like, again, what Ben was saying and what you guys were saying, that the fact that Phil, the head of Xbox, has come out and said what he said, that's, I think that's brilliant, for one thing. The honesty that he's come mm. out and just plain as the nose in his face said what he said. Like, hats off to the guy. There's no hiding. Yeah, there isn't at all. I think the format <laughs> of actually going on something like um, kind of funny as well, because it's just such a community kind of area isn't it and then be on there and deliver it um was fantastic but just in the chat so paul knight said i'm scared Scarfield uh, starfield is a little overhyped i'm sat on that and i kind of said that originally it was one of my counter picks on fancy critic or it was my counter pick mm. on fancy critic um in hindsight I, I never would have thought redfall was going to fail i think arcane are fantastic and based on the uh, the history of releases that they brought out recently, you know, they've always done well. I loved the Dishonored series. I thought they were fantastic games. I thought they needed innovation, but still, um, I was surprised at Redfall, and I'm disappointed as well because it's something I was looking forward to playing. I think in terms of Xbox failing, they're too big to fail. Like Lewis said before, drying the tears on stacks of money, and as a service, it still delivers immense value for people. So I don't think the uh, yeah. I don't think people are going to not subscribe. Plus, we're all industry you know we all care about games like your average game pass subscriber doesn't give a shit so they're you know they're not really bothered about that they want to play see if thieves with their mates or whatever whatever it might be or you know save some money based on paying for 50 60 quid on a triple a title like you might have to on ps5 so mm. okay uh should we have a little check-in on our fancy critic i've mentioned this simran have you have you ever tried this by the way Fancy Critic. Yeah, yeah. So it's like mm. a website where you can, you know, like Fancy Footy, where you can go on and you can pick games and then where they rank uh, in terms of, I think it's based on Metacritic, isn't it? So you'll get points based on the release of Metacritic and all, all the um, aggregated scores behind it. So no, I've not tried this before. Tell me more. We will send it to you because it's fascinating okay. um, and it's well worth doing with you with your mates. But basically what, what we've done is we've got a bit of a league table. Um, I mean... I'll talk about the projections and some of the releases and you can see, or you can maybe guess who's first, second, third, or fourth. Uh, it's the projection at the start of the year. Ben was going to end first. Uh, Alex, who's not on the pod tonight, where he's very active in the chat, is going to end second and he's a big Xbox fan. Uh, I'm meant to end third and then Lewis, bless him, uh, was meant to end fourth. Uh, so some of the releases that we've already had. So Lewis has had uh, Jedi Survivor, Hogwarts Legacy and the case of Benedict Fox. Uh, ben has had Cheer. Cheer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex has already had Redfall, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, Oof. Wild Hearts, <laughs> Minecraft Legends, and Bayonetta Origins. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. And I've had Octopath Traveler 2, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Atomic Heart. So I've had those three. So. Who do you think is currently first? Who's second? Who's third? Who's fourth? I'm going to say Ben's first. Hmm? Okay, I've, so I've only got one game out so far. So, so Ben would cheer as first. That's who you think. Yeah. So who's who's second? I mean, who are you going with? Lewis is definitely last. Sorry, mate. RIP, you've lost. Jedi I can say that. Hogwarts, <laughs> Benedict Fox. It's, it's, it's good because you're, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> 
And then hmm, what was Alex's top picks again? Redfall, uh, Wolong, Minecraft Legends, Wild Hearts, and Bayonetta Origins. Okay. And mine were... Well, based on that information, based on that information now, I know Lewis isn't last, so we'll rank him at third. Alex at fourth. It's I think so. We've also got games still to come out, and it's it runs for the whole year. No, 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 no. It doesn't. That's not the point of this. This is a locked in time kind of but thing. No, that that's can, what happens. Yeah, that I can reference happens. back to this. I'm okay. first at the moment. Uh, I'm projected <laughs> to be third. Uh, Lewis is second. Alex is third. And is that is that Ben Lewis fourth? At the moment, it was meant to be yeah. first. I think, I think so, be... Sorry, Dan, just, just a slight correction there. You said you were you were projected to be third. Is that, I, is that what you said? Yes. You are, you are oh, projected sorry, no, no. to be third. I am projected. So the rest yeah. of the releases I've got, Diablo 4. Big one. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Terrible name. The Plucky Squire. Oxenfree 2. And Mina the Hollower. I'm smashing this, lads. I'm, I'm, top. I'm top. Yeah, I think I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh, What's Alex, my next release? Uh, doesn't matter. Alex has still got Spider-Man 2, Starfield, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, Sea of Stars. And oh, that's dear. it. Uh, I think Sea of Stars could be good. I think so. Um, I th- Alex's, Alex's publisher name, the year of Xbox, is really coming back to haunt him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> T-Y-O-X. Uh, Nimbendo has got Forza Motorsport, Street Fighter 6, Final Fantasy 16, Gunbrella, Like a Dragon Gaiden, Pikmin 4, Pikmin, Humanity, and Armored Core 6 as well. Fires of Rubicon is still one of the Strong. weirdest names I've ever seen. It's uh, like a spicy drink. It is, yeah, exactly. And mm. Lewis has got Legend of Zelda Tales of Kingdom, Alan Wake 2, Hollow Knight, Silk Song. Uh, Metro Prime 4, Goodbye Volcano High, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and sorry, yeah, the one out of Mumble 3 was Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom as well. So I do think... Um, that'll do well. That'll do all right. I think it's, yeah, it's indie game, isn't it? It's only small, but do all right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen today, Dan? We have changed places two or three times on the have basis we? of Benedict Fox jumping up and mm. down. <laughs> Is it really? Going back and forward a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. It's thin margins. I'm only on 28.26 at the moment. You're on 27.73, so anything up and down. But yeah. I put a cheeky bid on something that I feel I shouldn't have said on the podcast because you guys probably will start Ooh. putting cheeky bids on something as well because I think something's well, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I picked I up uh, Armoured Core last weekend. I thought, nah, that's, now it's got a release date. It's from Soft. It's going to be half decent, isn't it? So I thought, worth a pound. Um, but yeah, your your guys, all your projected scores are all pretty close, like seventy early, very early 70s, 71, 72. So it's only really when you get to me, projected score of eighty four, where it starts being a big difference. Yeah, so it's projected. We'll so see. We we'll see what we Fox was going to do a lot better. Projected. Mm. I feel like we need to agree some sort of forfeit for the for the people that end in the bottom half. I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. What won't Ben like to do? Anything. Uh, let's pick up and play. Lewis, what have you picked up, mate? Nothing. Nothing. Ben, what have you picked up? Advance Wars 1 plus 2 colon rehash, but not, no, Advance Wars. Okay, how much was that? Got that. 
Uh, I paid thirty five for that. Thirty five. More than happy with. Nice. Okay. I uh, I picked up uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition on Steam. So I played it on the old Steam Deck. I've never played them. Hands You've up. never played the Mass Effect trilogy. Never played the Mass Effect trilogy. Ever. Ever. I tried to play one, yeah. but like it was a, I loaned it off a mate and then dropped off it. So I don't think right. any. I don't think any of us have ever played them. Have None of you have ever played Mass Effect. No. I, I'm sorry, I can't be part of this podcast anymore. I, I, need, to, I need to sign up. This gentleman have... <laughs> I've got it. There you go. <laughs> it. There we go. Of course he has. Uh, yeah, so I was just like, I need to play that game. It's uh, my mate Carl's favourite game. And he was just like, you need to play it. So I'll I'll give it a go. And it seems to be a good okay. version of it. So I'll try. Okay. If you fell off the first one, please just play the first one then play the second one, then tell me it will not become your favourite franchise. If you can play through the second Mass Effect and say it's not one of the best, if not the best sci-fi game ever made, then I will accept that there's just no saving you. I've only got, we've only got a little... You see, the third one's the base of the bunch, yeah? The second one's the nah, bunch, nah, nah, my opinion nah, is the second right. one's the best. Nah, nah, <laughs> Shit, I'll... Nah, Andromeda, yeah? The Andromeda's best. the best, yeah. I thought it was the best, yeah. I actually didn't mind Andromeda. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go against the critics on that one. I didn't mind. They tried to do something innovative with it, and the story wasn't the best. The story wasn't the best. But in terms of mechanics and gameplay-wise, I think it was the most innovative in the whole series. You basically got to row around jetpacks, drive amazing cars, and it had amazing fluid combat as well. It was just that the story let it down a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Jetpacks, not bad, though. Like a jetpack. Good thing. Uh... Mass, Effect, Mass Effect was done by... Apologies. It was done... Uh... Bioware, and one of yeah. my favourite games is Knights of the Old Republic, which mm. was just before Mass Effect. So there's no reason why I wouldn't like it. I just never ever got around to playing it. And yeah, I it's definitely one that I want to at some point. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Don't Sorry, I should have done the Chewbacca noise again when you mentioned Knights of the Old Republic. I'm a bit slow on the soundboard. So. Oh, slow today, Apologies. It's okay. We'll let you off. Uh, Simran, you were in Tenerife, mate. Did you pick up anything to play before you went away? <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's yes, a tricky question. You're in Tenerife. Did you pick up anything? I did pick up some authentic Tenerife cigars whilst I was there. So does that count? Mm, um, yeah, I'll give that. Yeah, in, in, in terms of games to play, I did actually pick something up right before I left. And I'll be playing it as soon as we finish this podcast, gentlemen. Would you like to know what that game is? Come on. I'm interested. Yeah. Oh, Jedi Survivor. Nice. Amazing. Cool. Yes, I've been with. It is literally my coming home present now that I will go straight on after this. I just instantly had it's coming home, the song, then stopped playing it in my head. It was like, funny little girl. It's coming home. Yeah. You can't beat that feeling of starting a new game, can you? That, no. That's got to I be the best it. feeling. I hate that feeling. I love the moment when you're like maybe three hours in something and then you start to... But the first, like, I hate tutorials. I hate when it's like, I played games before. Stop telling me how to play a game. So that part bugs me. But I get it. I kind of get your point. I like opening the right. I'll pose an interesting question, though, based off of that. If Go you ahead. could reset your memory on any game and start any game from the beginning, fresh perspective, oh. you have no idea, start it completely from scratch, what would that game be? Final Fantasy X. Good choice. Yeah. Just because That's I think Ocarina time for me. Ocarina time. Yeah. Even now though, because you know like, dated one. You know what, Lewis? I thought Ben was gonna say Ocarina time. I got that he was the Zelda man. Like I didn't expect yeah. that one. I didn't expect that. I figured you would be the better one then say Ocarina of Time. Well Ben, ben yeah. is the most virginal out of a lot of us, so come on, Ben. What are we gonna <laughs> Oh but yeah, I mean the obvious one's Breath of the Wild. 
But then I thought Link to the Past. But then I thought Elden Ring. I'd quite happily Ooh, yeah, that. good point. Have my brain wipes to play through that again. Well, you did cheese your way through it, so not quite the same, isn't it? it was efficient, a, it, efficient use of the tools at my disposal, Dan. That's not cheese, cheese mage. That's cheese mage. Playing smart, not hard. Cheese mage the whole way through. Guys, cheese. last night I found this place. Uh, I think it's called Siofra River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great, guys. We should go on holiday there. Uh, okay, let's talk about what we played. So, uh, Ben, you're playing what you picked up. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I've played. I've played actually quite a lot of um, Advance Wars, and it's really, really good. I think okay, I'm about cool. just over halfway through the first game, uh, and yeah, it's like obviously it was delayed for a long time, um, and I can only imagine they have just been buffing it and perfecting <laughs> it ever since. Like almost like what Redfall would have needed. Is to go. Oh no! There's been loads of vampire attacks. We can't bring this out now. We'll delay it a year and work on it and make it really clean. But it is like the cleanest, most crisply presented game I've played for a very, very long time. And it it, it just adds to it because it almost feels like a you know the thing with the switch, but just the tactile nature of it. You just love using it. It's like that, but in a game as well. It just feels like a toy to play, and yeah, I love it. It's it's all the all that kind of tactic stuff, but with all the Fire Emblem silliness taken out of it. So it is just, do this one mission. It's almost like playing a game of chess. Here's all your pieces. Take a look at the board. See what you can do. Um, finding it really addictive, really satisfying. Um, and yeah, gets gets your brain working. So what I'm doing is, I've, um, I've deliberately... Tried to play Mom games. playing Sudoku or brain training or something. <laughs> it gets your brain working. No, but it does. But it's good. And it's got that satisfying loop when, like, oh, you managed to get through a tough encounter. You're like, oh, clever me. Um, but also, I wanted to play something slow because I'm trying to be a bit healthy, you know, drinking the water. So I'm using the, the bike and playing <laughs> at the same time because it doesn't require twitch reflexes or, like, you know, having to be too precise. It's quite an easy one to play and you know, you can do a half an hour workout without even realising it. It's win win. Exercising the mind and the body. Which is good Ooh, for the soul. Getting the game in time in. You're yeah. Yeah. So the, the you you're playing it on the Peloton. Uh yeah. Yeah. Not not exclusively. Like I've played it on a train and on the sofa as well. I'm not like I'm ten hours in. W D forty on the no, it gets it gets a lot of use. Thank you very much. As an error for clothes, maybe. <laughs> Mostly as an error for clothes and a gatherer for dust. He's just sat on it. <laughs> it's really good. Let's be honest. It's good. Yeah. So I played um, that Shadows of Loathing in the same way because again that was okay. a sort of slow paced game and I thought, Do you know what, I'm onto something here. Um, so did that. Uh, really, yeah. So I'm going to stick with Advanced Wars definitely. Really recommend it as well. I'd love to play multiplayer with someone if anyone else picks it up um i definitely think well worth the 35 quid that i paid for it and cool. um okay yeah do highly recommended i do want to pick that up i did like warframe not warframe war groove um or, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting so i'd be uh curious to relive my advanced wars i don't know it was one of pete's favorite games so definitely worth it's it. way better than what i played of war groove as well like uh, cool enjoy it much Wonder, more wonderbar Wonderbar. Lewis, bits and pieces. 
come on what you've been playing yep. not a lot i've played um i played a little bit of street fighter 5 huh? okay. i was like, oh, i'll get ready for street fighter 6 played the demo um but it's ruined by after before every fight it's got sponsored by and then a big street fighter 6 poster comes and takes up the screen it's like come on that's annoying very aggressive yeah, uh, yeah so i've stopped playing that uh, i've been playing uh, i'm in the dan you'll know exactly uh where this puts me i'm playing some i'm playing fifa yes um, okay yeah dangerous uh, i didn't realize 21. things were so bad loose yeah things are so bad i've started playing oh. i'm playing fifa 21 uh fulham have just won the champions league <laughs> yeah. um so you you're roy you're boy at the moment yep yeah, i'm boy yeah okay. boys boys um what else have i played just uh still going on uh played bits and pieces of uh, doom eternal um still enjoying chopping up demons um Sack Boys, big adventure. Sack. That one. Yeah. Sack Boys, what? Big sack. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. That. So just yeah, nothing. I've not. I've not stuck it anything. I'm. 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 I'm waiting patiently for Tears of the Kingdom to come out. So I'm not. I can't. I'm, I can't really get into anything properly because I know that that's just going to take up everything. Mm. Imminent. Very yeah. imminent. Very cool. Simran. What have you been playing? You've said Jedi Survivor is your game that you come back to, but what was last time? Uh, what was the last thing you played? Okay, so this actually started off as my girlfriend's game, but I kind of hijacked it because she was playing it wrong and I needed to take over. Being the event organizer, <laughs> I am. We started Never. playing Animal Crossing okay. and she <laughs> royally fucked it, royally fucked her village, <laughs> and I couldn't stand by and watch it anymore. So I basically imported my character into hers and I basically saved her village from destruction. And now I've gone back down the OCD route of building another village at Animal Crossing. And I need someone to come help me, please, because I can't get out. <laughs> back down the rabbit hole. She basically just didn't understand basic economy. And she basically just had like a real pristine <laughs> house. But then everything outside of the house turned to shit. So the land went to shit. Her neighbours hated her. She didn't have any local economy. And it was just basically her and this lovely house starving to death very slowly and just getting trade in the absolute worst items humanly possible. I'll give her that. Great interior design, like great house that she built. Just the real estate surrounding the property was absolute dog shit. And I just had to come in and help build up the area, build the island up a little bit, you know, just help flourish out a bit. So she just, it was more than a house. So all of it was inside was fine, but everything outside was shit. So just basically at Manchester. So that's what she was trying to achieve with the Animal Crossing. It basically looked like Piccadilly Gardens, lads, if I had to be honest with you. Like, you know, if, if anyone knows what Manchester Gardens are, I'd basically say Earth Island was just that grey Berlin wall that was in the middle of Manchester for no reason. Like, just that in an island. So I just want you to imagine that for a moment. Yeah, that's what I had to deal with. Now, can you understand why I had to take over and save that island? You've saved it. I like it. It's still got a lot of work, but I'll get there. You'll I'll, get I'll there. repair it. I will. Oh, yeah. But she needs to respect that Jedi Survivor has my time now, so she can't fuck up the economy I've built while I'm gone. No, she needs to. She needs to grind while you're uh, while you're also playing some decent games, which I've also been playing as well. So I've been playing Jedi Survivor. I picked it up. Uh, on release day out of FOMO um, I couldn't get a Steelbook edition anywhere, you had to buy the collector's edition I think from Signature Editions or whatever it's called Signature, what, mm. what's the name of it? Yeah, is that it? One of them One of them. 
um, which came with a lightsaber hilt as well, Lewis. So you you should have been on that of all people. Just the hilt. Um, just the hilt. Yeah. So played maybe it's the handle f- bit. It's the handle bit. It's the handle bit. Yeah. Light swords. Uh, so yeah, played like four hours of it. It's really really good. Like graphically, it's it's astounding when you first jump into it. On your week, see forty five minutes. I've, I've done longer than that, mate. Three hours, three to four hours. I think you can probably you can check, can't you, on my PS Five? You're you weird like that. Oh, he will. Know? He will. Um, I so. will, Dad. But I'll have you know that it's highly inaccurate because <laughs> it says my Elden Ring is eighty hours, but it took me one hundred and ten to complete the game. So I don't know. Well, there we go. So I could be uh, I could be on more. I could be on less. But I'm pretty sure it's around about three or four. So again, you can check. Go on for it. So you start in Coruscant, which is nice. Nice change of pace from every other uh, Star Wars TV show, basically being on Tatooine and everything being Tatooine related. So again, lovely um, kind of neo city of, of Coruscant and all the things that are happening there. It did surprise me at the point where the uh, FMV finished and then it kind of dives straight into gameplay. Uh, and I was like, whoa, this looks absolutely incredible. And then you're getting pushed by a guard behind you and you realize, shit, yeah, I need to move the controller to move the character forward. Um, it, I think it's well publicized. It puts you back in the position of Cal Kestis. Uh, it's already very, very well-trained Jedi with all the skills that you'd mastered in the previous game. So you're not really having to retredge anything or relearn anything. Uh, the tutorial part is pretty straightforward and actually throws you into pretty complex like wall running and you get a hook shot really early um, as opposed to the previous game which takes several hours for you to get anything meaningful and feel remotely powerful. Uh, this makes you feel like a Jedi and the fighting in it is absolutely astounding. It's not quite the Soulsy born kind of um, uh, approach that they tried to take with the first game. It's a little bit more hack and slashy which is not a terrible thing but the, the level of skill that you need to be able to do things is, is still there. Lewis, question. What, uh, what difficulty setting are you playing it on? Because I ended up, when I played Fallen Order, I dropped it down to story just <laughs> so I could get there's nothing wrong with that, Ben. You're talking to me. I'm only joking. Yes, yes. I've uh, I put it on the second setting, so it's not easiest. It's like not medium either. It's like, it's like <laughs> casual or something. Casual or whatever it might be called. Because I wanted a bit yeah. of a challenge, but I, yeah, like you, Lewis, I wanted to blitz through the story. Um, again, there's nothing on... wrong with that, Dan. No, no it's not at all. Uh, from what I've read and what I've listened to uh, in reviews for it, so apparently the story is relatively straightforward for, say, the first two thirds and similar to Fallen Order. It just ramps up in the last third, which I'm really excited by. And all of the different threads that happen in the story um, tie together magnificently, so magnificently, um, which I'm really excited to see. But again, graphically, there are parts in it where it chugged a bit. Um, it's not quite as pristine as what I'd hoped uh, for a game that, you know, you pay 60 quid for now. However, you know, some of the patches that have come out recently have improved the performance of it, um, especially on PC as well, which uh, some people are are now very, very happy with and say it's playable. But all in all, great, really interesting game, a lot of fun. Uh, It's got Metroidvania elements as well, which which interests me, which the first game had but didn't really execute very well on. Um, And I'm very, very happy, similar to Simran, to throw my time into that over the next couple of weeks polish off yeah it, it looks really cool and like i think i said last week that it's something that i definitely want to play i really enjoyed the first one um if things if games are glitchy or i generally don't really care like i played the Fallen order on xbox one hmm. i had a couple of glitches in there but it didn't detract from the game for me i know that other people are 
I'm a lot more critical of those things, but I don't doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Um, but yeah, because Tears of the Kingdom's coming out, it's something I'll play once. I've done, I've gone through that broken um, record, Lewis. We know it's coming out. I know, for God's sake. It's, uh, there's a game, Tears of the Kingdom coming out next week. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, I've actually, I've actually got it on my fantasy critic. I think it's going to do quite well. Anyway, uh, <sighs> Ben, that must have been some big fly that was in your eye. Yeah, just I managed to get it out eventually. Thank goodness. Um, Good. I'm sorry I missed some of the uh, Jedi Survivor chat there, but I, I, I'm quite keen to pick it up actually as well. I think I've mm. dipped my toe back into um, Fallen Order and played through another one of the levels of that at the weekend only very early on I've only just got like the push force <laughs> ability um, which is very early on but that's quite uh, yeah it, it seems better so I'm playing it on the series X as opposed to the series S have we lost Ben? he's gone again he's gone yeah he's, he's recording on the series S so ironically when he's doing his podcast <laughs> <laughs> <Shocked>. <laughs> Is he, are you fully gone, Benny? Are you still there? Were well, you paused on the screen? He's Again. back. There he is. Are you back? Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, little story there, my internet went down, so I switched to 5G, and then that went down, so now I switched back to my internet. So There we go. First of all, probably it worked. It was okay. You're back. Yep. Interesting. It was, uh, it was ironic. Uh, other than that, we said you were recording on the Series S, which was hilarious, and I got two chuckles. So just to let you know. Uh, okay, other things that I picked up as well, just to round off as well. Simran, I picked up some format tickets, mate. Can you tell me a bit about format and why you're here? Oh, okay. Ooh. Do you want the sales pitch or do you want like the non-sales pitch? Which uh, one do you want? Ben? I'm going to let Ben side. Come on, Ben. Uh, let's go sales pitch. Sales. Okay. Hit us. Format is the UK's biggest games industry nightlife event. So I want you to imagine the likes of a rave meets a traditional trade show, the likes of Insomnia meets a nightclub event, all thrown together in this beautifully blend mixed cocktail, similar to the cocktails behind the bar, where we bring together some of the leading AAA, AA and indie studios from across the world, community leaders, content creators, and the gaming community from all across the country and Europe. What is basically pitch. an unforgettable experience? I've done that pitch many a time, lads. I change it up every once in a while, but hey ho. Why, why, why change a good thing? Keep yourself guessing. And good. when is it? Yeah. Just like pure. So it's on. It's on May twenty fifth. Um, what to expect? We've got the likes of Team Seventeen coming down. We've got the, like the creators of Sea of Thieves, Flix Interactive coming down to showcase something sneaky that they're working on at the moment that is not Sea of Thieves. So uh-huh. you get to play an exclusive sneak peek from what the creators sneak. Creators of Sea of Thieves are working on at the moment. Team 17 are coming with Marauders. Hell Let Loose, bringing fresh updates with them for the Hell Let Loose. Anyone who knows what that is. We've got three whole floors of other game studios ranging all the way from VR. Uh, we've got guy, we've got Arcade Club in Turn up with their arcade machines. Up and coming indie developers, AAA developers, ranging across three whole floors, basically. There's four bars, just as anyone wants to know. There's four whole Bloody bars. Hell. There's, there's cake. There's ice cream, there's energy drinks that you can try for free out in there as well. You can even mix the energy drinks and maybe cocktails you want. We have Iron Men serving you drinks behind the bar. Wow. Uh, we have live performers, pyrotechnics. I can confirm pyrotechnics are a thing. 
that will be there, costume, and there is gaming swag. For, there is even neon signs available to win if you really want to do that. And there's a shit ton of neon signs as well. I actually have one above my office, but I thought it would look as cool as actual lighting. Because you can't see it. It just turns my whole room orange, but you lot couldn't see it all. Should I, should I turn myself orange? For the yeah, podcast? come on. Should come I, on. Should I do it? Do it. Yeah, yeah go on. Do it. Oh, oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. oh look at that. Oh my God. Goodness. He's back from Tenerife. <laughs> Sunshine indoors. I love it. It's awesome, mate. So, talk to me about the inspiration to actually start this thing. Like, when did it? When did it originally happen? And what what got you going? Yeah, so I was nineteen when I basically started this, and uh, I, I'm a typical gamer. Love video games to death, but also when I went to university, I basically realised that there was no club nights for video games. Being the, I was a massive raver. I basically used to be the most introverted person alive. I went to one nightclub at university and it was just the absolute game changer at that point. <sighs> Everything changed. I went to the Warehouse Project in Manchester and nice. anyone knows what that is. Who was anyone playing? Yeah, who was playing? Also, it was a good first Warehouse Project. You want to know who was playing? Yeah. The big boys themselves, Camel Fat. Ooh, Scousers, aren't they? Camel Fat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good man, good love man. Love them, mate. Some of, some of the best ones on the on the market, mate. And I absolutely loved it. And I walked through there, absolutely off my tits, just drunk as fuck, like through it. <laughs> Why does this not exist for video games? Why has no one taught the best medium on the planet, which is so versatile and so modular, you can do literally fucking anything with yeah. video games? They're not restricted to the same as what films are. They're better than music in terms of how versatile they are and the biggest entertainment industry in the world, and yet they're one of the most unexplored industries. Uh, why has no one made a rave for the games industry? Because I go to a lot of events up and down the country, and I was about 20 when I started going to a lot of these things. I just thought, a lot of these parties at these events, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but they're a bit shit, no, to put it lower. They're, yeah. they're not really parties. I was like, they're just kind of like meetups in bars and... It's basically just going into a bar. Like, how was this a party? So I just said, you know what? I'm going to host a rave for the games industry. So but it didn't originally start off as that. Originally, when I was at uni, I just basically wanted to host a meet-up for gamers in Manchester because I thought there really wasn't anything that brought the gaming community together. Spent 50 quid on Facebook ads, 150 people turned up to it. I was quite mind-blown at that, really. And then basically thought, fuck it, I'll do another event afterwards. Did another event, 170 turned up. So we started getting small increments. I see that Lewis has decided to blur himself just because, you know, he's just absolutely flabbergasted from that. Like, <laughs> it's just the orange. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Just the brightness of the orange. And it basically grow and grow and grow in these small increments it was basically at this point an underground sort of like dingy like sort of atmosphere i don't know if anyone knows the trade of manchester well enough but we started off in a bar called dive northern quarter which was this like underground industrial sort of vibe to it and we basically kitted it out with djs and we got loads of developers from the local area to come and exhibit their games at and we basically did it in that venue for two years and then we had basically Ubisoft and Sony and EA all turn up to me at the same time saying, like, can we come exhibit at this? And I was like, okay. what? I was like, you're telling me you want to come to my event when you've got, like, some insomnia EGX? And this was just, like, 300 people in this underground nightclub. So I was like, we're on something here. Like, we're on something. So all the AAA started coming, then we had the double A's and the indies starting exhibiting at it. And from there, we basically just packed out venues across Manchester. But then we decided to do a rebrand um, this was in 2018, and basically it was the same name, Manchester Games United at the time, so it wasn't always called Format. 
So that's kind of like what our original origin name was. Very on point, I know. And I wasn't a very good brand designer at the time. <laughs> you should see the logo for it. It's absolutely fucking hideous. Like, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> you know, you know, back like your old school photos and see like the shitty haircuts that you used to have. Oh, no, we've had terrible logos, don't worry. I and mean, I was the one who designed most of them, so I know the feeling, mate. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah. you don't. The trust you don't you. It is literally the graphic design is my passion meme yeah, made yeah, into yeah, a logo. Yeah, like it is fucking awful. <laughs> and from there, we basically went to the print works. We backed, we oh, basically great. rented out this venue in the print works in Manchester. And that was kind of like the big moment for me in 2018 when I realized like we are actually not just the UK's biggest games industry now, we're the world's. Because I basically walked out of the doors and saw a thousand people yeah. waiting to come into this event. And there was just this enormous queue outside the print works i'm talking this thing stretched like it was going round and round there's videos of it online that you can see and it just kind of ignited this thing into me i was like we're actually doing it like we're actually building Mm. a nightlife event and movement for the games industry for game devs because i've always found in this industry there's nothing that brings together the consumer and the creative together as one you have these very isolated events that either focuses on the content creators either focuses on the gamers or it'll focus on the developers. There's no event that puts them all in the same room where they all just chat shit with each other like what we're doing now. And for me, I thought, let's get them plastered. That'll get it all out. <laughs> let's just get all this hate and toxicity that you all have towards each other out of your system. Come on, just all get out, have a few drinks, few tequila shots. Stormtroopers are twerking on stage. Come on, let's just get this over and done. Yes, there are twerking stormtroopers since it's May the 4th. <laughs> uh, there's some TR skill for you, stormtroopers. There you go. You can. There's pictures of them behind the bar as well. And if I can, I will get them to twerk on stage because I like to do mad shit. <laughs> well, yeah, either way, like, yeah, so why, why, so you've got the one event per year at the moment. Why is this not something that you're touring across the UK? Because surely that would be absolutely huge for us. It is actually multiple events over the year. In right, fact. Okay. So, okay, so, we, cool. so we have a bunch of small pop up events that we do basically do around Manchester and the surrounding area. Uh, it's funny you mentioned tour there. In fact, I might spill some tea on that. Um, <laughs> we have two like main marquee events, which is the one on May twenty fifth is one of our key marquee events. Right there, these are massive events that take months to organise. This is free whole floors of video game studios. We have fashion pop up shops. We have music artists who will come and perform on stage. Like we're not a typical games industry event. We are basically an actual festival, an actual video. I use that term actual very lightly because some people use the verb festival quite loosely for video games and it's like, mm, you're not actually a festival. Uh, so uh, we basically actually like a mini festival. So you've got music artists, we've got different video game headliners, we've got fashion pop-up shops, energy drink collaborations that we do. And there's so many moving components of these events. So they take months to organize, but then we have a bunch of pop-up events okay. that take place so- all throughout the year. So these are like your smaller two, three hundred people-ish events that you kind of take place. But those are very limited ticket sales that happen. But the big events is the ones that people know us for because we basically go all out for them. It's a lot of match shit, basically. And why this is not on tour? Well, I won't have to answer that question for much longer. Let's uh, put it that way. There's the gin getting spilled. Because you're completely right. I think one of the things that kind of struck us at EGX, so we go to EGX, it's more of a meetup every year to see some of the games that are there. Obviously, it's not been as strong post-COVID as what it was prior to it. Uh, mm. However, the events in the evening, other than going to watch like a, a board game seminar or you know something that really isn't in our wheelhouse, it's just there's nothing there for it. I don't know what you think, Ben Lewis, or whether or not there's... I've never really seen anything. 
Well, we just make our own yeah, entertainment. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just get bladded. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Yeah. You find that that's how it happens. I went to, a, I've been to a few events this year and I went there and I was quite disappointed with the lack of evening stuff to do because that's where the best connections get made and that's where the best networking happens. That's where the best memories take place. And it's really sad to see that a lot of these organizations just don't do anything in the evening. It's very low effort on their part because they've got the pocket and revenue behind them as well. And I basically went on Twitter and was like, yo, I'm at blah, blah, blah. Does anyone want to like meet up? We had 50 people turn up to our Weatherspoons just to come network because they felt like they just wanted somewhere to go and network. And that was just one tweet. Yeah. So it's like this this stuff does not it's not rocket science, lads. Like all you have to do is basically just have a space near your event and just put like some social posts out and saying this is a, a gathering that takes place afterwards. Because that's why events like develop right and do so well because they've just coined on the fact that all these parties take place and these piss ups take place and that's why it's so successful because that's what a lot of people go to these events for. It's a community. It's a grassroots community. We all go there to connect with people like us. Mm. We want to network with people. We want to see our friends. We want to build these memorable experiences. And that's what format is really capitalized on. I call it a grassroots community event because we really focus on what it's about, the gaming community. We're not there to sell you a product, which yeah. is what a lot of these events are there to do. We're there to basically sell you an experience, not a product. And I think the part where you're saying, obviously, it's not rocket science. I get that. We're all in executive jobs. We all look after ourselves when it comes to work. And we're all disciplined as well when it comes to work. But I think the one thing that prevails is it still takes fucking hard work to get these things over the line, regardless of how easy the actual concept is. Um, so yeah, that's a hell of an achievement, mate. You know, to be able to put this up, and then obviously you must be damn excited with the, what the seventh child, which is coming up in you know less than a month. Yeah, honestly, there's about there's been about over a hundred events in total. Like if you add up seventh, all the events, hundredth child. Yeah, I know. Like, I can I consider this this is technically the this is the sixth format child since our rebrand from Manchester Games Unite. Like, right, obviously, okay. the small bit, the sixth big one. Like, we've both done, like, a bunch of pop-up ones, like I say, but this is, like, the sixth, like, big launch party that we've done because we always have a yearly launch party that we go all out for, but this one is, like, the big one. Like, this is the biggest one we've done today. Massive ticket sales, lots of mad shit going on, lots of cosplayers, lots of free swag to win, music artists on stage, lots of drink. I've ordered lots of alcohol in just to make you all happy. So don't worry, I've got everything in for you. I've, I've stocked shelves quite extensively. Cosplayers, arcade machines. There's going to be a candy candy floss machine just because I, I wanted it. I wanted a candy floss machine. They, they told me you haven't got room for it, and I was like, I'll make room. I just want a candy floss. There's a claw machine where you can win swag in it, gaming swag, that one of our sponsors is bringing with them. That's going to be quite sick. And a bunch of other stuff that I can't confirm because I'm still waiting on to find out if that stuff's happening yet, but there's still loads of cool stuff. And that's just because, with me, it is hard work. It is a lot of hard graph that goes into this, especially for something like format because it's not just one demographic. It's not that we've got so many moving components. We have loads of content creators in attendance. You've got the exhibitors. You've got all of the other stuff that's going to take place throughout the event. So it's a lot of moving components to keep track of, but I love it because I love because I'm passionate about video game culture and just how it really complements nightlife culture because people said I was mad to take the most introverted industry alive and mix it with the most extroverted activity you can do to. But the two complement mm. each other exceptionally well. Like they are exceptional. The exact quote I got told seven years ago was you should just give this up and go work in Tesco. 
because this will just not work. <laughs> I, I got told that by a very senior member of the Manchester games and games industry community. And let's just say that individual now gets pissed at my events and they still do not know that I am the person they said that to. So bit of a, that's how I kind of look on that too, Shay. Can you, uh, uh, can you point them out no, discreetly when I come and visit? Cause I think that'd be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I'm very curious about it. It'll that. be the guy in yeah. the Tesco uniform. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you spun. I still think about all those missed, missed out meal deals. I could have got discounts on though, lads. I tell you now, oh, like, yeah. tuna, tuna and sweet corn boys, a bit of saurine bread and those orange bits, orange drinks with the bricks and all. Like, come on, I missed out. I clearly chose the wrong career path. You definitely did. I mean, you could have been an entrepreneur in Tesco. It would have been fine. I don't know how, but it could have worked out. Could have, could have been the Tesco events manager, the office manager. I could have just been Steve Carell, basically, just could shouting parkour around Tesco. Could be that diving into the uh, the fruit and veg, yeah, that'd be great. I like it. Well, mate, I'm gonna I'm, I'm attending. I'm really excited by it. It's something I didn't know about until uh, Heather, uh, one of our podcasting friends, reached out and said, "Do we want to go to this thing?" And also, do we want to talk to you? So, really appreciate you coming on as well. But hold that thought because we've got two sections now where we're going to embarrass you, mate. We're going to absolutely go through you. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about games that you want to put into our vault. Elusive vault. Okay. You're only the third person to do it, and only the third person as well then to go and speed run. Uh, I'm not going to say what your yeah. chosen subject is quite yet. I'll leave that as a surprise for probably about five, ten minutes' time. But should we dive into the vault? Are you ready for this? Yes, let's go into the vault, lads. Let's go into it. Bring your gin. Welcome back to another episode of The Vault, where we put our guest games to the ultimate test. It says Alex here. That's right, Dan. Our guests are in for a real challenge as they pitch their <laughs> favourite games to us. But here's the catch. Only one game can be made. <laughs> can make it into the coveted TCP Vault, while the other gets sadly tossed into the dreaded bin. AI wrote this. It's like gaming survival of the fittest, Ben. Our guests will have to bring their A game and convince us why their pick deserves a spot in our exclusive vault. And we won't go easy on them. We'll be grilling our guests with tough questions, all with our signature cross-players charm. Wunderbar. So let's get ready to rumble and see which game's ready. Yeah, this is shit. Okay, so we're going to go through... I hate this. I really hate this bit. I'm sorry. Look, look, the concept's simple. Yeah. Simran, we want two games off you. We're going to get okay. a pitch for maybe maybe two, three minutes on the first game and then a pitch for the second game for two, three minutes. Then we're going to get another couple of items as well from you uh, that we want to put into this vault. We're going to paint the picture of what's in that vault at the end. Simple. What's game number one? Okay. What's game number okay. one? Okay. We talked about them earlier and it's Bioware's Dragon Age Origins. It is literally oh. the best fucking fantasy game ever created period graphically it doesn't look the best even for 2009 i'll not do it but it's some of the best storytelling on the planet it is the pinnacle of interactive choice it has done the best basically imagine lord of the rings made into a video game it is that it is the best voice some of the best voice acting that you'll ever hear it's some of the best storytelling that you'll ever see and it's one of the few games to actually nearly get a 
tear out of my eye because the story of it is just that good. And it has sex scenes where it looks like there are a bunch of mannequins like just laying on top of each other. So how can you just not want the lols of that alone? Like that'll just make you fucking cringe laugh at the same time. But it's got some of the best storytelling. You can play as dwarves, elves, each with their own unique backgrounds, and you truly feel like the character is your own. Uh, you can be an absolute sociopath and just go on a killing rampage. You can kill your best mates. You can ki- you can kill a fucking baby. If you want to, <laughs> and you can literally be a psychopath. <laughs> Guys, I'm not joking. You can literally uppercut a mum whose child is dying, knock her out, and kill her baby while she's unconscious. That's how savage this fucking game can be. Or you can other fucking Teresa. Like I'm not joking. This game is <laughs> like, put it like you basically find the ashes of Jesus in this video game. And just, you're an absolute sociopath. You can just basically pour piss in them because you just don't like Jesus for whatever reason. You can be an absolute sociopath. Or you can be, I think it's basically the only game that truly captures allowing a person to play as any type of character they want, both personality and freedom-wise. And I just think that the storyline of it is absolutely, I don't want to spoil it in case no one's ever played it before. And no, you don't just kill babies throughout it. That, but it is basically just such the pin of fantasy storytelling. I'll put it this way. I think it does a better job than The Witcher of a fantasy world. The, the first game, Ooh. Dragon Age Origins, is better than the entire Witcher trilogy, in my opinion. That's how high I hold that video game. The Witcher 3 is the second best fantasy game ever created, in my opinion. But I think the first ever Dragon Age holds its own against all three installments of The Witcher. And Whilst The Witcher is a bit darker, I think that the first Dragon Age holds its own weight with the darkness levels of The Witcher 3. So there, that's the best sales pitch I can do for that's it. That's a bloody good pitch. Come on, lads, what have we got for him, question-wise? You want some sort of Inquisition? Is that what you're asking? Oh, nice. That's not that game, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, that's all you did there. I tried it. It's all right. Yeah. Lewis, have you got anything sensible to say? No, uh, I've I've only played the Inquisition and uh, I wasn't I wasn't a massive fan. But uh, Mr. Daniel Ward has crapped on about the Dragon Age games for many a year. Um, it's not one to be honest. It's not one I can see myself ever revisiting to play. Unlike uh, like the Mass Effect ones like mentioned earlier on, um, mainly off the back of not enjoying Inquisition all that much. But I don't know. I'd I'd like to play as a mythical elf. Um, and live out my life in game. Uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate that. Can appreciate okay. it. Okay, fine. So my first question: Why not two or Inquisition? Because both those are regarded as masterpieces as well. I think, for me personally, I just love interactive choice. I like any game that can truly just make me feel like I'm in control. And with and this is an opinion I have. I think that voiced characters can necessarily take you out. The real I actually like the old school style of selecting a dialogue choice. I think that's what makes the older Fallout's like really good. Why I wasn't a huge fan of Fallout Four because it's very limited, yeah. like the sort of role playing aspect of it. And I think Dragon Age Origins just captures that old school role playing perfectly. You feel like your own boss. You feel like you're the own character. It can be. 
any voice that you want them to. And it's just true freedom in how you play that. And again, they started to introduce the voice characters into a free, which I think adds a bit of a personality to the character necessarily. But for me, it kind of took away from that. And they streamlined it a little bit too much. Because of the success of Mass Effect, they implemented a lot of design mechanics from Mass Effect into the Dragon. So the dialogue wheel, for example, which I've got nothing against dialogue wheel. It works well for Mass Effect. Yeah. But I don't think it needed to be added to Dragon Age. I think Dragon Age should have always been this voiceless character, text options, and you can truly... Because it's a role-playing game. It's a fantasy role-playing game. It takes a lot of its inspiration from Lord of the Rings, D&D. You see those influences in Baldur's Gate as well yeah. by Bioware. And I just think that that's why 2 and 3... I love Inquisition, and this is going to sadden you all. I've got nine playthroughs of that game with every basically race and every specialization that that race can be so i've got like a canary mage a canary warrior a canary rogue and then i've got a human mage human warrior human human archer i've basically got that that's how much i love that franchise i am that person who literally will play it <laughs> you can't see them there on that bookshelf i have the law books on that shelf like for dragon age that's how much i love that franchise to absolute death but for me personally i think one is just the absolute pinnacle because it's basically lord of the rings Oh, made into a video game and i love it and there's a lot of walking as well like lord of the rings so that's how you know they knew they understood the assignment and they executed it they wanted to go for it and the main thing mvp for you was the walking i like that so that's the sell point that's the uh, the usp right at the end it's the walking okay the let's walk. put a pin in that have a little swig and now you're going to tell us what game two is and give us a pitch for it as well please okay my second pitch is and it's the best in the trilogy at me if you disagree it is fallout new vegas oh, and because okay. i'll tell you what i've always loved this franchise and people used to shit on it when it came out and i always said this is better than free and when number four came out everyone came crawling back to us fallout new vegas and was like i actually appreciate this i was like yeah i bet you fucking do because you realize how good it is <laughs> fallout new vegas is a very special game because like dragon age it puts you in really you're just in control of your character so much. Like you feel like you're the character. You can make them the most sadistic person on the planet, or you can make them an absolute saint. And I just think the level of craftsmanship, where I actually think Obsidian did a better job than Bioware did with Dragon Age in some aspects in cultivating all of these overlapping storylines that just complement each other and dialogue options. Like the complexity that they have put into that dialogue system is just absolutely insane. Like you can do a side quest early on in the game or even just these little miscellaneous quests that impact dialogue that a character will say in some of the DLC like later down the line, which for me, I was like, what? And then all the DLCs are connected, intertwined to each other with this overarching narrative that leads towards the final DLC, Lonesome Road, which I've never seen another game do. I've never seen another game connect all of its DLCs mm. together to an overarching narrative, like going towards something. And for me, the faction system is phenomenal. The amount of celebrity voices in that are absolutely insane. The character companions in it are amazing. And I just feel like they really catered to all different player types in that game. And my, the only sad thing that lets them down is they didn't have longer to develop it. They, what they accomplished in 18 months of development says a lot. And I just, I'm sad that they never got more development time because Fallout New Vegas is better than Fallout 4, period, like it is. And it had less development time. And because again, they understood the audience. They understood the, the Fallout magic is what I would like to call it. And in terms of crap, in terms of what that game accomplished, it was 16 times the detail just not graphically. Well, they were limited, weren't they? Because they had the, the same engine. So I think that's probably the, the part of 3. Is it a better game than 3, though? New Vegas? 
shorter. It's definitely shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Did you do we want to go into this? Like in terms of a game that I think there's more craftsmanship. Well, in terms of craftsmanship, it depends on where you look at it. So obviously they have the settlement build side, and you can customize your weapons in free. Like a lot of like the stuff you can do in game. Like obviously they can do. Yeah. They didn't really have a lot of limitations that Fallout New Vegas had. But in terms of storytelling, because at the end of the day, a lot of people play Fallout for the story. Or they play it for the multiple branching narratives. Yes, the world's great. The action's great. But they didn't really innovate much on the actual gameplay design or game formula that Fallout New Vegas is. It's basically first-person or third-person shooting mechanics where you can basically just shoot multiple of enemies, have companions with you. It's basically just like, you know, going from one destination to another and achieving your objectives. But for me, Fallout New Vegas, it feels like there's a reason for why you're doing a lot of these things. And a lot of these objectives actually complement you as the player to what you're trying to achieve overall. It is A lot of the quests in Fallout 3 basically just feel like fetch quests. Like, you feel like you're being sent to do something. Yes, you have the overarching narrative of trying to find your dad. Like, you're trying to find your dad in number three, and then obviously you're trying to get the purifier active. And then you're trying to stop the enclave. But then a lot of the quests in number three just kind of feel like very isolated with themselves, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it isn't a bad thing. It, it really isn't. But far at least, it feels like the whole world sort of is connected to these individual quests that you're doing, and something you do has an impact somewhere else. Yes, I can talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't go for hours. Not a terrible thing. He's down his gin as well. What, what a lad. I think the, uh, the parts that we need to discuss now are what game is going to go into the vault and what game is going to go in the bin. So we've got a we've got a vote on it. Um, I'm going to find this very difficult because both those games are very near and dear to my heart. I still think of that New Vegas Prima guide that I've got upstairs. I think in a loft somewhere, um, and it's probably one of the most ripped and shredded books that has got more use. I think I played that game seven or eight times uh, back to finish when it was on the on the 360 back in the day. I loved it. Dragon Age Origins, my memory of it's hazy, but I do remember having an absolute ball with it. I loved Origins, loved number two. Uh, never played Inquisition, weirdly. Uh, just never got around to it. I was more of a Witcher 3 guy, uh, and for some reason just fell off. Never really never really started it. I think I bought it for like £4 maybe a couple of years ago and looked at it. It was a bit dated, so I didn't really want to go back to that franchise. But if there were to be another game, I think there was one announced, wasn't there, at one point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bioware, I'll Dragon Age, so when that comes, maybe maybe it'll be something to look back. Maybe we'll get a remaster at some point, similar to the the Mass Effect trilogy. You never know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with New Vegas. I think is my pick to go in the vault. And uh, Ben, I'm gonna pick you to vote next, please, sir. Mm, um, well, similar to you, Dan, it's gonna be very difficult to pick uh, between these two um, because I've never played either of them. Um, <laughs> I've never I've Gamer. never even seen any footage of either of them have paid any attention to either of them i don't know so uh, purely going off your description of them which is extremely eloquent um i would probably if you had a gun to my head and forced me to play one of these games i would probably go for fallout in vegas just because i like the sound of the setting more just sounds a bit more my bag so you dystopian that's how you yeah dystopian love a dystopia me you are that's what they call me Lewis, your turn, mate. Hi. Hello. Yeah, so um, n- never never played Origins. At least I don't think I have. I'm sure I had that a while ago. I can't remember. When did Inquisition release? Just... 2016, yeah, I yeah, think. So, so it, it must have been Orange, Origins that I played then, because this was years years and years ago. Um, but I have played Fallout in Vegas uh, and enjoyed what I played of it. Um, 
I ruined the game for myself. You know, I was there kind of like walking through a town. Good impression. Um, thanks, that's how I walk. I walk with my yeah. arms folded like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Stood up. You fucking looking at the cunt. Um, <laughs> like an upright uh, Cossack dancer. Yeah. <laughs> what you can't see is my legs going like mad. Um, I decided, I don't know why, I lost all sense of judgment uh, to shoot somebody. Everybody disliked that. I ran away into this little sort of, it was like a separate little town that was near somewhere else. I ran in because I was being chased by some rightfully very angry people for me shooting someone for no reason. I went into this little place. I don't know what came over me, uh, but I point blank range shot someone in the head. They disliked that even more. I was like, right, I'll run away. I ran away and came back what seemed like a whole, like a long time later. And unbeknownst to me, I needed to go in to the place where I'd shot up to progress the story. And they were like, he's back! And they would come after me. So I never managed to finish it. <laughs> Out of fear. Out of fear, I don't know what would have happened. Um, so every time I went and they shot at me, I shot back. It, it was, it wasn't good. Um, uh, this is the point where, I, like, I could vote for, um, Dragon Age Origins to sort of tie it, or not tie it, but like at least at least make it interesting, and put this around to, to decide. Um, and even though, so I, even though I, I love my time with Fallout New Vegas, um, to make it interesting, Oof. I've got to say, Dragon Age Origins. Nice. Simran, got, got to pick between your two favourite children. You've got the deciding vote as well, so whatever you pick now goes into the vault and the other one goes into the bin. What's it going to be? Come on. I'm genuinely torn about this. It's horrible. This is hard. Oh. Okay, only because it's very fitting with the setting of the vault, we're going to put Fallout New Vegas in. Nice. Just because it has to get into the vault. So we've got Fallout New Vegas in the vault as well. What a game. What a fantastic game. And uh, sorry to Dragon Age Origins, which is unfairly being put into the bin, but that is the nature of the vault. That is what has to happen. These things happen. Okay, so we want to we wanna film of choice now, please, for the vault. Okay. Oh, it's got to be the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'll let you pick any film from the trilogy. They're all masterpieces. No, no, no. Your choice, sir. Your choice. Which one are you going for? Um, pick one. Got to be Two Towers, though, aren't it? That's the better one. I do like... Yeah, I'll do Two Towers just because the Battle of Helm's Deep is just cinema cinematography masterpiece. So, yeah, yeah we've got to have it. It's cinema masterpiece. Yeah, but Gimli trying to look over the top of... Helm's Deep, getting infuriated <laughs> by that is just yeah, classic, absolutely brilliant. Personally, I just love it when he jumps off the wall thinking he's an absolute OG and just cannonballs into like seven orcs with just the strength of a fucking boulder. Yeah. And doesn't take an absolute scratch doing it. Toss me. Don't tell the elf. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm, Great I'm sure that I'm sure he was saying something else the actor there. Toss me. Toss, toss me. me. <laughs> Don't tell the elf. <laughs> what? We're on camera. Oh, sorry. Uh, 
great choice, Two Towers. Absolutely phenomenal film. Uh, extended edition or cinematic? Ex- extended. My girlfriend, right? My girlfriend refuses to watch the extended extended edition with me. Like she and she tries to make me watch the regular edition. I'm like, I don't think you understand what you're asking me to do here. <laughs> when you ask some, when you ask someone who loves Lord of the Rings to watch the regular edition, that's just no. No, no, it has to be extended edition. Totally agree with you. Perfect choice. So we've got the extended version of Two Towers that's gone in there as well. Snack of choice, finally. I mean, I've, I've already had it, but Ben and Jerry's. Oh, come on. Come on Just cookie dough, though? Is that the only flavour you're going to go for? Oh, oh no, no. Um, hmm. Salted caramel. Ooh, I like Ben and Jerry's. With the core caramel. in the middle. I like caramel. Like caramel's what the OG, so yeah, we'll have salted caramel. Ben, Ben and Jerry's of choice. Yeah, cookie dough sounds good. It's not something I ever really eat. <sighs> Basic. Come on, Lewis. Do I have <laughs> so, it in Scotland or? Uh, we yeah no we just have uh, vanilla ice cream. Just have milk up here. Just milk, yeah, milk. We leave it outside. Pasteurised uh, milk. It's just nice. It's nice and cold. And uh, some say it's good. <laughs> um, I would pick. Um. um I, I, do you still get fish food? I'm not sure you yeah, do. Yeah, you can do. Yeah, yeah. That was the one I used to always, I used to always get fish food. Now I think I'm a um, fudge, chocolate fudge brownie, is that what it's called? I think, mm. yeah, there's like a brownie decent one. Decent choice. Brownie one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, decent choice. Good. Like it. All right. Uh, drink down. drink of choice, please, Simon. you? Yeah, oh, me? Fish oh. food. Fish food. Yeah. Fish food. I love the marshmallow. What is, what is fish food? Is that like marshmallow pieces? Weird piece of chunky kind of chocolate fish in it as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ben got Rex. Sorry about that. Terrible. Uh, drink of choice, sir. Come on. Gordon's Pink Gin. It's got to be. The devil's juice, as I call it. You can drink about four <laughs> glasses. You can drink four glasses of that shit and you'll, you won't even feel the effects until like afterwards. And it's amazing. I love it. So it's the best gin. It's one of those ones where you, you don't feel it until you try and stand up and your legs have gone. <laughs> it's one of those that you'll just go oh that didn't do anything for me can I have another please another one and then before you're you'll be like <laughs> and then you just basically just fucking blaff out a rainbow from all the pink gin but you know it's absolutely amazing so I need to try was it. it raspberry flavoured yeah well you can get there's different variations of the pink gin so you've got the raspberry flavoured you've got like this sweet blue very raspberry hybrid that they do I love gin like I'm a huge gin connoisseur so I absolutely love it, but yeah, like the Gordon's Pink Gin. It's a classic, but I like it. Mixed with a bit of lemonade with some, like, you know, fruit that in there as well. A few raspberries, maybe even a few cherries mixed in, mixed in with some fresh ice cubes. Are you going to have fresh fruit, fresh fruit of format for the gins? I mean, oh, yeah, it's impossible to do a really good... Right, if anyone wants a really good... The cocktail menu is very good. Like everyone, And we are getting some nice little format cocktails made for this event as well. So a lot of orange and mango sort of stuff available on the night. So if you like a bit of like you know cheeky orange and mango cocktails, they'll be available. Can we have a, a cross-player cocktail in the future? Can we make one for you? And then we'll go, this is what we want to put on that menu. It won't be shit. It will be tasty. Ben's going to invent it. I mean, I can, always, I can always put you... I can always put you in touch with the venue and their bar, and I might be able to make you a specific drink. There we go. That's all I need to hear. That's the that, that's a polite fobbing off of going. Yeah, we don't really care about that, but yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, be a white Russian. I like a white Russian. Uh, okay, wild card. So this could be absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be gaming related. We established that in episode one because Ethan wasn't prepared for this question. Anything you want to take with you in the vault? What's going in there? 
tell you what, I'm going to put something relatively new in for you, which I'll happily give you all a little, little present when you come to the event. It is our own energy drink. Oh, shit. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> and it's like a powder drink. So this is format has become the first ever games industry event in games industry event history to launch its own branded energy drink across the US and Europe. And it's called Four Mango, made with passion. <laughs> and it is mango and lemonade in a collaboration Ooh. with Rafe Energy. So I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Rafe Energy in the yeah, UK. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, yeah. And we are a limited edition launch and this is available at our may 25th event for you to come and try and it is also available to purchase right now but because this one is near and dear to me it sits on my desk because i look at this as a reminder of we are the first ever games industry event in history to have done this so that's why this comes in with me because it is the fucking shit and it tastes really nice i don't really drink energy drinks but i'm not saying that just because this one's mine it is actually really nice because i don't like like the shit of like all the sugar and stuff in red bull yeah but because of yeah. Like, what we have to put into this we have to abide by certain laws it, it actually tastes really nice like you don't get a sugar rush vibe from it you don't get the come down from sugar okay so i mean we've got secret you're out then. <laughs> what you... you're out did you i said him out <laughs> i know i said him in i said him in i was being polite i'm genuinely i've always wanted to try because you see like sneaking different brands in the uk and they're yeah. like it's always an influencer kind of advertising them but i've never seen anything where it's an actual event that's got its own energy drink so i think i need to try that so I'll be, uh, That's I'll, I'll be buying a copy. I'll a copy. Put that in a cocktail. Yeah. Well, there we go. You actually, you actually can do that at the event if you want. So if you have a cocktail that you want to put a bit of an energy drink and mix into the result, the consequences are yours entirely. We will not bear responsibility <laughs> of how fucked you are if you do it. But you are welcome to do that if you want. People this... have done it. This is Wraith Troll. Vomiting everywhere. There we go. <laughs> that's uh, that's something I'll be buying. That's the first thing I need to bring a bag. Uh, okay, so we've got. We've got. Come to the tub, Dan. You don't need to put. <laughs> Just call me a tub. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, so we've got Fallout New Vegas in there, and then you're watching the two towers on the uh, the nice plasma screen in front of you in the vault. Uh, you've got a cheeky little snack of Ben and Jerry's. Uh, you've also then got your amazing Wraith energy drink, exclusive flavor, which is uh, lemonade and what was it? Mango. Lemonade and mango. Uh, and that was your wild card, wasn't it? Sorry, and your drink of choice was the pink gin as well. Would you? You could mix both, I suppose. You could try yeah. that. Like you said, it might be yeah. a bit nuclear, but we'll. Uh, we'll it just it just get me hyper for you know when that battle of Helm's in. Like, don't want your fucking this. I am fucking energy drink. Yeah, I like it. Toss me. So we go toss that off. Okay, so I think that's a classic. Should we give clicks to Simran for his choices, chaps? Wonderful, mate. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you, Chewy. Uh, So that is all the politeness out of the way. Are you ready to now speed run? Go on. Let's Let's fucking do it. Speed run. Oh, you should be scared. Welcome to speed run the internet famous gaming quiz challenge. He's even sat up on his chair. Look at him getting sick. This gets real now. Uh, in this high-speed segment, our guest will have just 90 seconds to answer as many questions as he can get on his chosen gaming subject, even though it's not a gaming subject, but we're going to allow it. Uh, and they can choose anything they want. Armor from Elden Ring, the breeds of Nintendogs, Speedrun is the mastermind of gaming and film trivia. Uh, as they race against the clock, the scores will be tallied and added to the cross-players leaderboard where the highest scoring will be immortalised as true gaming masters. Joining us today is Simran. Hi, Simran. Hi. Hello, mate. 
What is your chosen topic, please? Lord of the Rings. Lord Let's of the Rings. Film, film edition. There's games of Lord of the Rings. We can allow it. I think we can permit this. This is fine. Uh, ben, do you remember <laughs> who... No, in the first... no we can't. Sorry. Okay, well, that's. thank you for joining the Crossplayers. This has been a wonderful episode, and it's ended now because Ben said so. Ben, do you know who uh, who was on the leaderboard? I think we've got two joint at the top on seven, haven't we? Yes, we have, Dan. Um, hot off the presses, the scores, as they stand, are Ethan has seven. Speed. Seven, apparently. So, seven to beat. Seven to beat. Actually. One thing to note is that you're lucky that Alex isn't here, because he is... A nasty, nasty man. He did not play very nice last week with Andrew. Um, I think it was actually no. shameful how he behaved. I thought he was very rude. Definitely mean. Yeah, yeah very rude. Mean. Basically, uh, for context, Simran, uh, Andrew, our guest last week from Lost in Cult, uh, he basically answered uh, a question that pretty much he got right, but Alex decided to remove it because it wasn't. It was 50% right, I think, basically. Yeah. It was the UK release date for the Dreamcast, and he got it within one day. And Alex was like, "No." Yeah, Alex is in the chat, and he's saying he's, he was wrong. He's sticking by his guns, which I've got. I've got <laughs> respect for those principles. Uh, Lewis, can I ask you for a big favour, please? In Alex's absence. Yes. Can you uh, mm-hmm. do the scores as we go through? Yes. Thank you very much. I want visual. I want the hands up. <laughs> what, what you You're not going to score more than five. You're not going to. Yeah, well, that's all. I <laughs> He doesn't have any fingers. I want, I want, I want Captain Jack Sparrow. Eye. Yeah, he needs to be given it. Yeah. One of them. And he'll get his feet up. You can do the toes as well. That's where the Cossack dancing really comes into its own. <laughs> yeah, that was the yoga as well. Hi. Sorry, Dan. You've got a job for me as well. So, uh, yes, Ben, I've got a job for you. Can you get ninety seconds on your phone? I don't know if an Android phone can handle that, but if you could possibly do that for me, I'll see what I can do. Okay, seconds. And please, if you can start it from the point that I begin the first question. Simran, are you ready? Let's go. Lewis should say that with the Scottish accent, shouldn't he, really? Like gladiators. Simran, ready! Okay. Right. We're going to go through these quickly, and you're going to have to answer as many as you can. Seven to beat as well, Simran. In three, two... Where do the hobbits live? Hobbiton. No. Which kingdom answers Gondor's call for aid? Rohan. Yes. How many members of the Fellowship set out from Rivendell? Seven. No. Which actor portrays Gandalf? Ian McKellen. I'll allow it. Which country was the Lord of the Rings filmed in? New Zealand. Correct. How many Oscars did Return of the King win? Four. No. Uh, In what age is the Lord of the Rings set? The fourth age. No. What is the name of the giant spider that attacks Frodo? Pass. Uh, what is the uh, who tosses Gimli at Helm's Deep? Aragorn. Yeah. Uh, what forest did Merry and Pippin escape into in the Two Towers? Entwood. No. After Sauron's defeat, what name was Aragorn crowned as? Pass. Uh, what relation is Frodo to Bilbo? Nephew. No. How many rings were created for men? Seven rings for men. Nine. What What are Denethor's two sons called? Boromir and um, Faramir. Yes. Uh, what age does Bilbo celebrate turning? Uh, what age does Bilbo celebrate turning in the Fellowship of the Ring? One hundred twenty. 
No. Who kills Saruman the White? Um, Legolas. No. What's and that's yeah. time. I started. I started. So I'll finish. What is the name of the story Bilbo wrote about his adventures? The Hobbit. The Hobbit's Tale. It is there and back again, A Hobbit's Tale by Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. I'm going to give, because uh, Lewis is doing the Alex roll this week, are you going to give it? No. No. No, you can't yes. give that. Well, you can't give that. Yeah, he, he had two. He had two. Didn't I spend? And I did store it at one point. I think that's fair. <laughs> so, fair. Alex, I'm trying here. I'm trying to uphold standards. Okay, so I'm going to quickly go through them. So, we finished on six. That's respectable, yep. mate. That's pretty good. So, where do the hobbits live? The Shire. Not just Hobbiton. There's multiple places, but then again, I suppose it doesn't really show it in the films. But anyway, uh, which kingdom answers Gondor's call for aid? You got that right. That was Rohan. How many members of the Fellowship sailed for Rivendell? Was nine. Frodo, Sam, Merry, Pippin, Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn, and Boromir. Uh, which actor portrays Gandalf? Sir Ian McKellen. Ben was correct. I'm still going to give you that. I thought it was fair. Yeah. Which Actually, yeah, yeah. Sir's a title. That's a good point. Not a name. Not a name. There we go, Ben. Shut up. Uh, which country was Lord of Rings filmed in? It was New Zealand. How many Oscars did the Return of the King win? It was uh, 11. Um, what is the name of the giant spider that attacks Frodo? Anyone? Shelob. Shelob. Yes. Dave. Dave. Thanks, Ben. Uh, who tosses Gimli at Helm's Deep? Aragorn. His wife? No. <laughs> they have beards as well. Uh, what forest did Merry and Pippin escape to in the Two Towers? It was Fangorn Forest. Uh, after Sauron's defeat, what name was Aragorn crowned as? It's King Elisar. Uh, what relation is Frodo to Bilbo Baggins? He's his cousin. cousin. Well done, Ben. Uh, Ben's also in the notes. Uh, what, what, I looked that up because I, I thought it was the same. I, was that right, though? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah I didn't do either of these ones. That's why I said shut up. Uh, how many rings were created for men? It was nine. I knew as soon as I said so, I was like, you dickhead. I thought of Shadow of Mordor. Ah, uh, like, you know, okay. You know, you know, where you fight each of the Nazgul, I was like, bonk. I was like, you dickhead. You went far off. It was fine. Uh, but it was still wrong. Uh, so what age does Bilbo celebrate turning in Fellowship of the Ring? Give you another crack at this. Anyone? Lewis wants to say. 111. 111. Yeah, that's right. Who kills Saruman the White? So this one was interesting. So by Google, I just Googled it now because technically Legolas delivers the killing blow, but Google has it as Grey Worm Tongue. But yeah. he stabs him, but he doesn't die during the process. It's Legolas who delivers the killing blow. So my mentality was technically Legolas stole the kill because Gimli even makes a comment about Ooh. it in the film saying that only counts as one. Who kills? I need to look at this. So, so technically, I went, with, I went with whoever dealt the killing blow, which would be Legolas, because as a result, he falls off the tower as a result of Legolas's arrow piercing him. You've got seven in my mind. You've got seven in my mind now. Get fucked, Alex. I just need... this, is, this must be um, Lord of the Rings, who shot first, or hand shot first, that whole thing. So if Google says Grima Worm Tongue, then I'm going to call bullshit, because technically Legolas deals the killing blow. I don't think he does. I'm watching it right now. I've got Saruman. He gets stabbed in the back, but Legolas shoots him. Now, it might not be in the regular edition, but it's definitely in the extended edition where he falls as a result because 
he falls from uh oh wait no 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 so I'm watching it now, mate. I'm not going to give you it. I'm sorry. As much as a uh, much as I respect the respect the memory, like no, I'm doing an Alex. I'm doing an Alex. I'm removing that point, please, Lewis. We're going back down to six. We're going back down to six. You can watch it again. I've just watched it, and it is the extended version because I was a bit confused about that as well. I was panicking that I got the answer wrong. Uh, I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna give you one more question. So you can try and take it to seven. I think I'm going to make this a trend now going forward. I'm going to give oh. one more question right at the end. Okay, okay, come on, right. Okay. It was there and back again, Hobbit's Tale by Bill, Bill, Bill Baggins. That was the last one. Okay, so what language forms the inscription on the one ring? The language of Mordor. Which is also known as... I can't pronounce it. I know how you spell it, but I can't pronounce it. Oh, it doesn't speak the language, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mord, Mord, is it Mordia or Mordia? Like it's, Gandalf pronounces. It's simple in the films. It's just called the Black Speech. So, I was calling Mordia because I know Gandalf makes a reference to it in the books. So. Yeah, it might be. See, I, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't in the books. You said the film, so I was honest to you. I didn't. Want no, to no. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, in the film when Gandalf reads the tomes, but it's okay. I can't. I will accept the result of that. What I will say, you no, were I think pretty. You still clear. see it though. Uh... The language of Mordor. The language of love. Mordia. <laughs> the Battle of Pelennor Fields was fought to defend which city? That was the last question as well. Might as well ask it. Um, the White City. It was uh, Minas so... Tirith. Yeah. So that's the that's the White City, isn't it? That's Gondor. Minas Tirith. Alex saying part, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Part, Give... part of Gondor. It's it's the it's like the border of Gon of Gondor. Give him seven. Give him seven, yeah. Lewis. I want. We'll... This I is a fast. This is not a fast. A <laughs> well seven. <done>. Fine. <laughs> Everyone's Alex. on jet. It's just we're going to do this for everyone now. Make sure they just finish. Just keep seven. asking questions until seven. everyone gets seven. That's it. That's literally. The I plan. want to know, Alex. Through all this, how many times have you glanced back over to look at your Lego Rivendell set? Mm. Uh, he's been. I want to know. He's furious right now as well. He's uh, he's in the chat. He's literally the most. I don't think anyone's responded in the chat apart from Alex for the last fifteen messages. Is Alex in the Twitch chat? Because I'm looking at the YouTube he's on the YouTube, chat. He's on YouTube. Uh, I can't tell, actually. That's a good point. Whatever he's on, he's on in my chat. The book does say there and back again. There we go. So, yeah, I know. So he's giving you the seventh. Okay, there we go. That's absolutely fine. He's got it. He's got it. Uh, one of my mates just said, I'm simping for energy drinks. Thank you, Carl. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to buy it fair and square. I believe in... I believe in uh, capitalism. So, you know, I'm going to give the guy some money. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, like Carl, have strong incel but, behavior. <laughs> but on the subject of energy drinks, Ben, because you because you did want to take that extra point from me, not that I'm bitter or anything. I'll give you the chance to earn earn Ooh. taking that point away from me. If you can beat me at down in three shots at Farmer, I'll give you a free tub of Far Mango. <laughs> uh, it, oh, and quite if, the challenge, you, and quite the prize. And, um, and if you beat me, I'll let you subtract that point. Well, I'll tell you uh, what, we'll definitely do that. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. I think we'll have to uh, get you on that. And Ben, you're terrible with shots anyway, mate. I remember you're in Barcelona. So, I mean, that's that's not true. 
It's true. It's fine. To be fair, you can drink. It's fine. Uh, Simran, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so where can people go and buy tickets for the event? Are they still available? That's really important. Yes, so there is a handful of tickets left, very limited, so it, there is quite the urge on that, but they are available at format.gg. It's very easy to remember. Just type in format.gg and you can buy tickets on the site. Cool, and we uh, we got some tea. We got some tea that this may go this may go global, this may go stratospheric at some points. You've got plans coming in the future. Uh, yes, I can say we're expanding out of Manchester and uh, that is happening next year, so... Yes, uh, some exciting times. Where that is, however, I will announce this year. So do keep an eye out of. We are announcing where the next format will be outside of Manchester. So that will exist alongside them other Manchester counterparts. So keep tuned. Awesome. I can't wait to uh, see you later this month when it comes to format. And also uh, it'd be great to know and get you back on the pod, I think, and give, maybe give you a, uh, another chance at speed run uh, when you have got the, the next place that you're ready to announce and we can get you back on. So I thought that'd be really cool. Absolutely, and no. where can we find you on, on socials? Yep. So I'm very easy to find because I tried to make it as easy as possible. So it's at Simran Whittam on everything. So you can find me quite easily at Simran Whittam on Twitter or Simran underscore Whittam. Basically just type my name. Just name. There's only one. There's no one else. <laughs> I've locked. I've locked. There's no one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically if I ever meet another Simran one day it'll be that scene from The Simpsons where Millhouse meets the other Millhouse from Shelbyville if oh, anyone's seen that yeah, yeah, and he goes yeah. wait my name is Millhouse yeah that's <laughs> that, that, that is, that, going to be me there was another Dan Ward that lived in Formby um, and he was fatter than me so I know who won that uh, so thanks for listening to our name ramblings this week if you're a regular listener and fancy getting a bit more involved with our fellow players our social links are pretty easy to remember at the cross players on pretty much everything uh, please give us up on the service you're using hop over to YouTube give us an old like subscribe whatever it might be on there Ben's more vocal on that thing at the moment doing videos and whatever it is Ben when's the last uh, episode of the VR what was it about tell me a bit about it uh, yeah episode 10 came out um, on Tuesday and it was yeah it was a very good one we're actually doing a giveaway because to celebrate the 10th episode we're doing 10 giveaways of 10 PSN like 10 pounds worth of PSN credit basically so every episode from 10 until 20 that's quick maths uh, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be uh, a different fun way to win uh, 10 pounds so at the moment it's uh, go on to our YouTube channel look on that episode 10 leave a little comment subscribe to the channel very very high chance of winning yourself pounds. That's our VR uh, podcast that we've got called Cross Button VR Sim Run for reference. Ben, mm. the guys, end up. Uh, Lewis, your, your latest podcast? Uh, it's just happened. This one right here. Ooh, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it, yes. Cool. It's nice to get back in the swing of things two weeks in a row now. Let's, uh, let's hope we'll make it to three. That's it. We'll give you a gold star when you get to five. Thank Pat you. on the back when you get to ten. Won't tell you what you get when you get to 20. Gorgeous. Uh, you can become a Patreon producer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well. Uh, we can toss you. Uh, become a Patreon producer from as little as £2 a month. Go to patreon.com slash thecrossplayers. Shout out to all of our wonderful producers, Ethan Hunt, Steve Sticky Simpson, Nate Ellingsworth, Carl Hughes, Sean Hughes, Jason Frost, Sarah Purbrick, Rebecca Rudranath, uh, Luke Cooper, Kevin Scully, Mark Hammond, and Rune 
Storm. This has been episode 112, and good night. Thanks again, Simran. You're welcome, guys. Pleasure. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. Bye. May the fourth be with you. Kept you waiting, huh? Thank <laughs> you.